You're listening to the All Truth is God's Truth program. In God's creation, all truth belongs to Him. Therefore, as Christians, we must connect all truth back to our triune God in light of His inerrant Word and His creating, sustaining, and redeeming work. I'm your host, Jared Moore. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the All Truth is God's Truth podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jared Moore, and today we're looking at a pastor, Southern Baptist pastor, and also a trustee on the Southern Baptist Executive Committee, uh, Dean and Sarah, and his view on homosexuality. Now, Dean is largely biblical on his view of homosexuality, except he has a giant hole in his theology, which I want to point out today because it's been a common expression for the past 10, 12 years in evangelicalism. And the argument goes like this. Uh, The goal for Christians who have same-sex attraction desires is not heterosexuality, but holiness. And so Dean and Jackie Hill Perry is another one who does this. They pit heterosexuality against holiness, as if the two are not synonymous. And the big issue is that they separate one's sexuality from God's design. And they're inconsistent on this because they don't do this with trans desires. Um, instead, they expect Christians to live according to how God has designed someone, male or female. So you can't. So they wouldn't tell someone who's having trans desires, well, God calls you to be holy, not, if it's a man, not to be manly or not to be womanly. They wouldn't say that. They wouldn't pit God's design against holiness as if the two can be separated. So let's look at what Dean has said, and he's said this for about a decade uh, based on what I've found. So... um. The first quote comes from a video he did with the ERLC in 2015. Let's let's talk about homosexuality for a minute. Your goal with the homosexual is not to make them straight. Right. Because then what, they go to hell as straight people? Exactly. Who cares? Right. Right. Now, granted, we we care about their souls. We care about them as individuals. We want to see them flourish in the greatest way possible. But our goal is not to convert people. You know, heterosexuality is not the goal. Holiness is the goal. So make sure we understand that. So I think there's two different conversations to have. One with a Christian who identifies himself as a homosexual, and one with the unbeliever who identifies himself as a homosexual. And I think you have to make that distinction. Because for the believer who claims Christ, who claims to believe the gospel, that has same-sex attraction, I address that person. I know there's a lot of sensitivity there, and there's a lot of things from the past, and we want to be sensitive towards that. But I address that person no differently than I address a 25-year-old single heterosexual male that's dating, doing those kind of things, and, and, and from, from the big picture, and saying, look, God has called you to sexual purity outside of marriage. God has called you to, to that. And to the, to the person who's a believer who struggles with homosexuality, I say, hey, look, from God's word, it completely rejects this idea of you pursuing same-sex attraction. So I'm not trying to make you straight. I'm trying to tell you that dating anything, a male person, is not an option for you because you are a Christian. Mm-hmm. So this is not, if you're really trying to pursue holiness, if repentance is what you believe in, then this is not an option. So either you're going to be celibate 
or, you know, I'm not trying to make you straight. I'm saying God's called you to celibacy until you're married. To the person who's um, not a believer and is a homosexual, it's about relationships and care and about the gospel. And then as that conversation continues, then we have a conversation about what does it look like to pick up your cross and follow Christ? Mm. And what does it look like to, you know, to repent of your sins and, and follow the Lord? So I, I just think that's... This is what he says. Here's two quotes from it. He says, your goal with the homosexual is not to make them straight. He also says heterosexuality is not the goal. Holiness is the goal. Secondly, in his book that he wrote in 2022 through Moody Publishers, it's called Pure, Why the Bible's Plan for Sexuality Isn't Outdated, Irrelevant, or Oppressive. This is what he writes. The goal for the Christian with same-sex desires is not heterosexuality but holiness. And he quotes Jackie Hill Perry affirmingly. And he says, Jackie acknowledges that God wasn't calling her to be straight, but holy. He also writes, it is important to note that our message is not everyone be a heterosexual, exclamation point. Additionally, he also wrote an article for the Florida Baptist Witness, which is the state Southern Baptist paper in Florida, titled, and I think he wrote this in 2012, 2013, uh, right around that time period, it's titled, Evangelicals and Homosexuals, Caring, Not Condemning, or Coddling. This is what he wrote. He says, We should care about people. Our calling in life is not to make people straight. It is to make disciples. If people die as unmarried homosexuals and go to an eternity in hell, we have failed. There are plenty of heterosexuals with faithful marriages of 50-plus years in hell. Now, let me, let me stop right there. So... This is just empty rhetoric. It's just empty rhetoric. He, he's pitting holiness against God's design. Look, when you go back to the Garden of Eden and you look at how God designed male and female, the only sexuality that God has designed, meaning how he has literally made up male and female, is heterosexuality. There is no other sexuality other than what God has designed. That is the only ontological sexuality. Unless someone has a birth defect, you know, and even then, you're either male or female. There's none of this, you know, non-binary, but this is essentially an argument where he has separated sexuality. It's not following Bible. It's following the secular culture's definition of sexuality. Essentially, you choose sexuality or, you know, your, your body chooses it, or it's not, it's not tied <clears throat> to God's design of you as either male or female. But the Bible says that your sexuality is tied to you being either male or female. It's, it's so emphasized in the Bible that the only way that you're not supposed to pursue an opposite-sex marriage is if you want to devote your life to God, similar to how the Apostle Paul did, and he refers to that as a gift of singleness. So there's a supernatural intervention of God. But what we have today, as far as Christians who claim to be gay in the church, is they claim, you know, they say that they're being celibate. So they're not acting on their homosexual desires. But they're still saying that they are homosexuals. And Dean even concedes that they are homosexuals. Um, he says our goal is not to make people straight. Why would our goal not to be not be to make people 
straight. Why would our goal, people who desire marital intimacy, Christians who desire marital intimacy, why would we not be pushing these people to heterosexual marriage, to God-designed marriage? Why would we not tell people who desire marital intimacy to reject every desire in them that is contrary to God, but to cultivate desire that is according to God's design as either male or female? So literally, our bodies, how God has designed us. You know, next time you get out of the shower, go look in the mirror. God has designed your body in such a way He's telling you to go seek a spouse, an opposite-sex Christian to marry and covenant together for life. I mean, that is, that is literally how God has designed our bodies. That is our sexuality. There is no other sexuality. Now, according to Romans 1, people suppress God's design. They suppress His truth in unrighteousness. And that's literally someone who claims to be a homosexual. They are suppressing God's design. Look, the Bible says that we are who God says we are. Our designer gets to determine what we are. We do not get to determine just through fiat, choosing, faith. We do not determine what we are. The designer, the potter, determines what the clay is. And he has designed us, every single human being, since creation, is either male or female. And therefore, they're all heterosexuals. Now, some have suppressed this truth in unrighteousness, but Christians should not suppress this truth. Instead, Christians should say, I am who God designed me to be, which includes heterosexuality. It, is not, it should not be pitted against holiness. Heterosexuality is the only holy sexuality in the Bible. It's according to God's design, unless God gives you a supernatural gift of singleness. But what you have is this movement of singleness in evangelicalism that is not based on God giving a supernatural gift. It's based on selfish reasons. People want to be single because, you know, they, they don't want anybody cramping their style. They want to do what they want to do. They want to travel. They want to... All these other things. So they're rejecting God's good gift of marriage and God's good gift of children. And so what I'm thinking, and the reason why I'm pushing back so hard against this with Dean is because he is teaching people, he's teaching Christians that would otherwise be great spouses and great parents. He's telling them that instead of pursuing God's good gift, they should pursue celibacy because they are gay. God has not called them to be heterosexual. That is not what the Bible teaches. Literally, all of these people with same-sex desires, every one of them desire marriage. They have, their flesh has perverted the good gift and good design of God. And so they still desire marriage. The problem is they desire same-sex marriage. So they desire marriage. And so Dean is telling them, instead of pursuing biblical marriage, he's saying, oh, you be celibate. Be celibate. And so they're going to wake up one day and regret not having children, not getting married. And it's, it's interesting because... People who desire marital intimacy but refuse to pursue it, what they'll do is they'll try to pursue some sort of family that's contrary to God's design. Right? I mean, you've got Revoice, which is this conference in St. Louis, Side B Gay Christianity, where they reject homosexual behavior, but they praise same-sex, non-sexual desires. 
They're, they're telling people to join together in covenant households, to form covenant friendships. is basically same-sex marriage without the sex. And they even permit, like, cuddling, and they even call, call it households, covenant households. Again, you won't find any of this in the Bible. It's all contrary to God's design. They're still telling people to act on their same-sex desires just in non-sexual ways. And I, what I argue in my dissertation is I encourage people who are having same-sex desires, Christians, to reject those desires and instead cultivate how God has designed you. Find an opposite-sex friend who's a Christian and eventually pursue him or her for marriage, for cutting a covenant before God to be covenantly bound together for life and desire children together, form families and that that should be the emphasis. That is the that is what God has given us. That is His good design. But Dean essentially encourages people who have these desires to reject God's good gift of marriage, um, instead for being gay. And um, you know he he makes this argument similar to Tim Keller. Tim Keller has said that homosexuality will not send you to hell because heterosexuality will not send you to heaven. But the truth is, is that God, God's design does send us to heaven. Part of the righteousness that Christ has fulfilled is perfect obedience to God's command. And Christ has been perfectly faithful to his bride. The only bride that God has brought to Christ is the church. See, in the garden, God pulled or created Eve from Adam's side or his rib. And that same language is used to describe the church being born from Jesus' side. I'm arguing my dissertation that John, um, when he talks about the spear being shoved in Jesus' side and water and blood flow out, he uses the word for rib, um, which from the Septuagint translation of um, Adam's side, he uses that word to refer to Jesus' side. And I believe he's picking up that metaphor, that picture that just as Eve was born from Adam's side, that the church was birthed from Jesus' side. His bride came from his side. And so... Part of the righteousness that saves us is Jesus' heterosexuality, God's design of him and Christ's perfect obedience to God's design. And so, imagine saying this about other sins. Imagine saying that it is not, um, it is not love for your neighbor that sends you to heaven, but holiness. Or it's not a lack of racism that sends you to heaven, but holiness. Or, I mean, you, you go on and you mention all these things that don't send you to heaven. It's not male or female that sends you to heaven, you know. So being trans doesn't send you to hell because being male or female doesn't send you to heaven. It's just empty rhetoric. It's not what the Bible teaches. It's not what the Bible teaches at all because... What they're saying is that God's design does not send you to heaven. But that's the opposite of what Scripture says. God's design is the only thing that sends us to heaven. It's not just, it's not just um, 
Christ's righteousness, but included in that is Christ's obedience in line with his masculinity. Jesus is perfectly righteous. He's a perfectly righteous man. And he was perfectly righteous. He is perfectly righteous concerning his sexuality. If God had brought him a physical female to marry, then Jesus would have desired her sexually. But because God did not bring him a bride, instead, God brought him the church. In other words, he's the fulfillment of all that marriage points to. It's not a sexual union that we have with Christ, but a spiritual union with Christ. And so, ultimately, Jesus' sexuality is still tied to God making him a man. Hence, the emphasis on a female bride that is spiritual. I mean, it's a metaphor that is fulfilled in Christ's relationship with the church. Um, but I say all that to say that you cannot separate your sexuality from whether or not God made you male or female. Everyone's a heterosexual because everyone is either male or female. Your body literally screams out, go find an opposite-sex spouse unless you have the supernatural gift of singleness. So let's continue reading Dean's article. This article is awful, by the way. Um, he says, We must get the message correct. For the unbeliever who is gay, condemning sexual sin is pointless. Jesus said in John 3.18 that the unconverted is condemned already. The homosexual unbeliever is not condemned because he or she is gay. Now think about that. I mean, that, that straight semi-Pelagian, or it may be Pelagian, like, uh, saying that someone is not condemned because they have desires in their hearts that are contrary to God. The Bible says the exact opposite of that. I mean, Paul calls his flesh sin in Romans 7. You know, people, people say, well, he was talking about before he was saved. It doesn't matter if he's talking about before he was saved or after he's a Christian. The point is that he calls his flesh sin. doesn't matter if, he, if it was a fleshly desire before he was saved or after. It's sin. The flesh is sin. It's nothing but sin. All it can produce is sin. And yet, Dean says that someone who is gay, which having desires in their heart to have sex with someone of the same sex, I mean, that's what homosexuality is, that that does not condemn them. That's not what the Bible teaches. It most certainly does condemn people. Original sin condemns us. That's why we need Jesus from conception. Jesus is the only way of salvation. Our age doesn't save us. Our ability doesn't save us. We are not saved based on what we can or cannot do. We are saved based on the full righteousness of Jesus Christ. He says, we should care about this person's soul. This is Dean and Sarah. We should care about this person's soul over sexuality. And that statement is not a false dichotomy. We, yes, it is. Because you can't separate a person's actions and desires from the person. And the Bible doesn't do this. God doesn't send sin to hell. He sends sinners to hell. Similarly, God doesn't send righteousness to heaven. He sends the righteous to heaven. Those who are righteous in Christ. And, I mean, this is just, again, empty rhetoric. It's unbiblical rhetoric. And that, that's my big issue. If people in Dean's congregation, 
Christians who are having same-sex desires, if they listen to Dean, they will miss out. Now, again, we're talking about people who desire marital intimacy. If they listen to Dean, they will miss out on the good gift of heterosexual marriage and the good gift of children. All because they listen to this empty rhetoric, this unbiblical rhetoric, from a pastor who should know better. He says, in dealing with a homosexual who claims to be a believer, repentance should be our prayer because of that individual's fellowship with the Lord. Again, repentance. But they don't have to repent of being gay. We're not trying to win a culture war with this person, but rather leading one to live a life that is sexually pure and holy before God, the God he or she claims to serve. He goes on to say, Dean says, we must care about the gay community knowing we are against homosexuality, not homosexuals. No, we, we are against not just the sin, but also the sinner, because God is against not just the sin, but the sinner. I mean, imagine this. Imagine making this statement. We must let the white supremacist community know we are against white supremacy, not white supremacists. Or the abuse community. We're against abuse, but not against abusers. Or we're against the murder but not murderers or I mean you can fill in the blank with any other sin we're against thievery but not thieves we're against um, adulterers or adultery not adulterers we're against lust not lusters no 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 the Christian community needs to be not only I mean this is what biblical discipline is about you're not just against the sin you're against the sinner because God is against the sinner. And even his people, he loves them and disciplines them. Basically, if we try to separate the sin from the sinner, we are not being biblical Christians. There needs to be a, in, in biblical discipline, you go to your brother who is in unrepentant sin and you try to restore him or her. But you don't go to his sin and just rebuke the sin. You go to your brother who is sinning. You know, you, you can't separate someone's sin from the sinner. But this is what Dean tries to do, and he only does it with this sin. He's not going to say this about racism. You know, we're against racism, but not the racist. No, 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 we're against both, <laughs> right? We're against both. God's against both. So let's be clear here. Let's be clear and let's be biblical. He goes on and gives this awful example. He says, let's say a member of your congregation is an openly gay male. Number one, can you imagine that? Can you imagine someone in your church saying, I'm an openly gay male, but I don't act on it? This is just an unbiblical way to frame this. I mean, imagine someone saying, I'm an open luster, but I'm not acting on it. Or, I'm an open pedophile, but I don't act on it. Or, I have bestial attraction. Or, I'm attracted to every woman in this church and I have desires for every woman, but I'm not acting on it. Imagine being open about those things. Again, he's acting like this is ontological. He is bought in to the world's definition of sexuality, not the Bible's. We must come, come against that and say, no, you're wrong. We have to go with Bible. If we do not go with anecdotal evidence, we go with the Bible. He goes on, he says, let's say a member of your church, your congregation, is an openly gay male. He has no attraction to women and confirms his homosexual feelings towards me. However, this man is also a Christian. He believes in the gospel and seeks to honor God's word with his life, including with his sexual behavior. 
As a result, this man refrains from homosexual relationships and any sexual relations outside of marriage. Listen to what he says. Will your church view him the same way as any heterosexual man seeking to honor God this way? No. Heterosexuality is not homosexuality. Heterosexuality is not inherently sinful. Homosexuality in its best form is still sin. Heterosexuality in its best form is sinless because it's God's design. Think of Adam and Eve. Sinless heterosexuality. Jesus Christ, sinless heterosexuality. So the two are not the same. One is literally turning nature upside down. What Paul says is unnatural in Romans 1. So heterosexuality and homosexuality are not the same thing. The homosexual, homosexual, the person who says they're having these desires, has to repent of the desires. The heterosexual who desires marital intimacy with an opposite-sex person is not sinning. Now, if they're desiring sexual morality, if they're desiring to consummate marriage before the covenant is cut, that is sin and should be rebuked. But you do not have to rebuke heterosexuality. You do have to rebuke homosexuality. The two are not the same. One is God's design, and one is completely a result. One is completely a result of the fall. Homosexuality is. He goes on and says, Is your church prepared to care for him in the same way it cares for heterosexual Christians practicing abstinence? This is a reality the church faces in the 21st century and for one which many are sadly not prepared. Like Dean. He was not prepared for this. He practiced, I'll get into that, anthropology, not theology. It is the church's responsibility to care for its body including homosexuals, by loving and preaching the gospel of Christ to its members. This is a responsibility many churches are not willing to choose, and this creates great cultural warriors but lousy gospel witnesses. Our fight is against the sin of homosexuality, not against homosexuals, end quote. So here's my response. Number one, Dean's big issue is that he's practicing anthropology, and he's calling it theology. So he is essentially going to people who are having these desires, these same-sex desires, and he's asking them, can you stop these? And based on their anecdotal evidence, he is forming his theology. You can't get any, any of these things in that article that he wrote, anything that he's saying about God. You know, he doesn't make people heterosexuals. He makes them holy. You won't get any of that in the Bible. It's nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, such were some of you, according to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians. And so we must agree with Scripture. Um, you know, it's just empty rhetoric. Dean says God has called you to be holy, not heterosexual. But there's no other way, there's no other holy sexuality except for heterosexuality. Every single person who's ever been created based on God's design of male and female, is a heterosexual. Some suppress this truth in unrighteousness, um, yet our feelings do not define our sexuality. God does. God defines our sexuality, the potter to the clay, right? He, According to Genesis uh, 2, 20 through 25, God made Adam, then he made Eve for Adam. And um, for this reason, you know, Genesis 2, 
21 through 24, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. They shall become one flesh. You know, God's design is clear. Male and female sexuality in its entirety is for the pursuit of biblical marriage. And telling Christians whose flesh tells them that they're gay, that they're not heterosexual, is unbiblical. It's a denial of God creating them male or female. You cannot separate one's sexuality from one's designed by God. God has made us male or female, and that includes our sexuality entirely. The second thing is God's design, not our fleshly desire, is the only prerequisite for marriage. You know, Christians who desire sexual and or marital intimacy should pursue biblical marriage. It doesn't matter what your flesh tells you. It doesn't matter if your flesh tells you you're gay, your culture tells you you're gay. You reject the culture, you reject these lies, and you submit to Scripture. You submit to what God has said in His Word. You know, and he said it's good, it's not good for a man to be alone, according to Genesis 2.18. And so God literally created males and females for the two to become one flesh, to come together in the covenant of marriage. That's what we need to celebrate and emphasize. Third thing is that the Bible says that singleness is good to pursue for the sake of Christ's kingdom, but it takes a gift from God, according to Matthew 19.11, 1 Corinthians 7, 7 through 10. The Christian who desires marital intimacy or is having same-sex desires, does not have the gift of singleness. Claiming that you are gay is not a biblical reason to be celibate. You need to pursue opposite-sex marriage to a Christian. You need to cultivate those desires. And by cultivate, I don't mean cultivating lust. I mean cultivating the desire to cut a covenant, a sexual covenant, before God that lasts for the rest of your life. Because it's God's design. You know, study His Word. Read His Word an hour a day. Go to church and worship every time the doors are open until God changes your thinking and your feelings the more that you worship Yahweh. So if upside-down worship in Romans 1 leads to upside-down sexuality, homosexuality, and in, in all kinds of sin, according to Romans 1, well, worshiping Yahweh rightly leads to all kinds of holiness. And so that's what you should be focused on, seeking to think God's thoughts after Him instead of your flesh's thoughts after it. So that's what you need to pursue. You need to cultivate that. And where you fall short, rest in the righteousness of Jesus. Lean into your relationship with Him. But you are not your feelings. You are who God says you are. And so you're an image bearer, and you're made to reflect His glory. And if you're a Christian, you're being conformed to the image of Christ, which is a wonderful, beautiful reality that should be celebrated and emphasized. You know, you need to reject your flesh and cultivate these good, godly desires um, you know, desiring marital intimacy means God's design for you is marriage, biblical marriage, and that's what you need to pursue. The fourth thing is that Dean is treating the sin of homosexuality as a special sin. He would not apply this logic to other sins. For example, imagine saying to a Christian who's having trans desires, your goal is holiness, not, live, not masculinity or femininity, not living according to God's design of you. See, you're pitting God's design against holiness. Dean would never say that. He would say you need to live according to your biological sex. But for some reason, he has separated sexuality from God's design of you as either male or female. That is not something the Bible does. That is something that pop psychology does. Acts, acts as if you choose or someone chooses for you or your, your flesh chooses what you are. But no... God's design chooses what you are, and it cannot be separated from whether or not you're male or female. 
And so just as we would tell someone who's having trans desires, God calls you to live according to your biological sex, we would tell someone who's having, we should tell someone who's having homosexual desires, no, God calls you to live according to your biological sex. And your body tells you to marry an opposite sex Christian. And that's what the Word of God tells you, unless you have this supernatural gift of singleness. And same thing with stealing. We would tell someone who is stealing, we would tell them to stop stealing, but also to work. To work that you may be able to provide for others who are in need. You know, the goal is holiness, but this holiness for the Christian who's having same-sex desires includes cultivating heterosexual desires and pursuing heterosexual marriage because it's God's design for us since he created us male and female, male or female. And so that's what we need to emphasize. And so, friends, I want to encourage you to think through this, uh, but to think biblically. Quit listening to the culture. Quit listening, taking, you know, polls and saying, well, how do people who have same-sex desires feel and then basing your theology on that? Instead, go with the Bible. Emphasize the Bible. You can't get this. What, what Jackie Hill Perry says and what um, Dean and Sarah says, that God calls you to be holy, not heterosexual, is not biblical. You will not find it in the Bible. It's just empty rhetoric. You may find it in the culture, and you may be talking about your experience, but your experience does not agree with Scripture, so we go with Scripture. And we bring our experience and submit it to Scripture until we think rightly and feel rightly. There's great freedom in that. It means that I am not what my heart says I am. You know, there, there are a lot of people whose hearts tell them they're worthless. Well, that's not true because God says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. So I don't follow my heart. I don't believe my heart. I don't, I don't believe my flesh. I believe the Word of God, and I seek to think God's thoughts after Him. So I sing truth. I pray truth. I read truth. I meditate on truth. All God's Word, and I seek to enjoy Christ forever. So I submit my entire life to the Lordship of Christ, and that's what I want to invite you to do. Only then will you truly have freedom and think rightly about God's creation, about you, and about your sexuality. So let us follow God's Word. Our sexuality cannot be separated from from God designing us either male or female. Heterosexuality is the only biblical God-designed sexuality. Everything else is suppressing the truth of God in unrighteousness. Friends, I hope you've enjoyed this, and um, I want to encourage you to, to go find my YouTube channel, Dr. Jared Moore. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Jared H. Moore. You can also... Um, I want to encourage you to check out uh, my book, The Pop Culture Parent, where I wrote uh, with Ted Turno and Stephen Burnett about basically helping parents to train their children to engage pop culture as ambassadors for Christ. And um, also check out my Patreon if you've appreciated this and want to help support uh, my ministry. But, uh, but keep clinging to the Lord. I mean, there's nothing better than, than living according to God's design and enjoying Him forever. Thank you. I've been persuaded, united, I see the Savior, I see His grace is amazing, I persevere to the end, I'm on